The force is strong with you. You're a pretty weird looking guy, you know that? Good. Three, two, one. And here we go, 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 go. Welcome to Not Another Nerdy Podcast, episode number 75. My name is Tom Van Zandt, I'm your host, and with me are my magical and my mental co-hosts, the official lawyer of Not Nation, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Christopher Todd. Why, happy new year, Tom, and happy new year to Not Nation. Happy new year to you, buddy. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talk. Here comes the money. And we're the man who brings the money. This is J-Money. Senior Bo. Chris Todd. I knew you'd come. <laughs> What's going on, boys? Where's D-Rock? Well, that's a tale for the after credits, I think. <laughs> He he might appear uh, at some point during this recording, so if he pops in, that'd be great. Be nice to have the band back together. But if not, you know, it, it's only episode seventy-five. It's not that monumental. Big deal. It's only the first new show of the new year. Happy twenty twenty, everyone. Who cares? Well, apparently D Rock doesn't care. No, no, he's got other more important things going on. Which you know, like I said, tune to the after credits if you want to hear about that. Yeah, you know what? I'm not going to bust balls too much on this one. I guess. I th- look, I, I'm not saying it's not a good reason for not being here. I'm just saying it could have been postponed, put off. I mean, we're going to record for about an hour and then be done, and then he could do what he needs to do. That's all. That's okay. all. So, you know, so, I, I mean, we haven't, record- we haven't recorded in a month and a half. He hasn't recorded a show in a few months, two or three. I'm not asking for much here. I'm not even expecting him to show up weekly. So, you can't show up once every two months? I don't know what to tell you. That's it. I'm done bitching about D-Rock because I seem to do it every episode he's not on. Okay. And I'm sure Not Nation's sick of hearing it. Or maybe they're not. (laughs) Maybe they enjoy my frustration. (laughs) Oh, shit. What are you going to do? Man, this is some bullshit! So, how was your New Year's, boys? quiet mm-hmm. i did basically nothing i sat on the couch and drank a nice glass of bourbon and watched infinity war and then came back to back nice because that's how i party there you go not nation you want to know how lawyers party on new year's that's how we party <laughs> you don't sit around Mid-price counting bourbon and marvel movies you don't sit around counting your piles of money that you made in the previous year jesus christ at the okay. expense of others yeah, it's not that impressive a pile of money. You're, you're not all evil, I can attest. Not all lawyers are blood-sucking leeches. No, no, you remember. Most of my practice is representing indigent people charged with crime. So, yep. probably just lost half of that nation on that one, but... <laughs> oh, well. Hey, some of our finest listeners are indigent people who are criminals, so... <laughs> <laughs> they may, someday they may and need your... 
the laws of Christopher S. Todd. 413-731-5777. There you go. Someday they may need your services. You never know. If I ever get a free referral from this podcast, I'm gonna jump I'm gonna do backflips. And seeing a fat man do backflips should be recorded. Yeah, absolutely. Put that on the YouTube channel that we never update. <laughs> you mean D Rock never updates. Right, exactly. He, Who? He was supposed to be in charge of that. Who? Who's that? D Rock. Nah, no thanks. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah. I didn't do anything New Year's Eve, but uh New Year's Day I brought my niece Piper to the uh big bowling alley arcade at our local mall. Oh yeah, that's uh cl- what is it? One something one? Ra- round one. Round one, that's it. Yeah. Cool. So I brought her there all day. I'm surprised you weren't at the casino on New Year's Eve. No, I didn't do anything. We had that snowstorm, remember, for a couple of days? Yeah. Ugh. That kind of put a damper on everything. True. Oh, don't get me started about that. Pardon my language, not nature, that fucking snowstorm. <laughs> God, you know how much that fucking bit of weather fucked everything up for me? Sorry, man. Wow, Chris is on fire tonight. He's angry. Well, you know what? We have a two-week shotgun season for deer in this state, and we get a friggin' 18-inch or 30-inch snowstorm the day of the opener, right before I'm heading to North Carolina for a week. So it totally screwed up my hunting season. It pissed me off. Sorry, brother. Everything around where I at my club, the deer left. It was really, you know, I'm dealing with a lot of things over here, man. You know, it's it makes me feel so good to know that you have such anger issues and you own guns. That's very great. <laughs> it's very comforting. But I'll tell you the funniest thing, though. My dad was down, and he he was a heavy equipment operator for the Army. And I'll tell you what, he was professionally offended at how bad the streets were plowed in Springfield. Oh, terrible. Actually, Mayor Sarno from Springfield, Massachusetts, USA Earth Milky Way, made a public apology that was nationally televised <laughs> on how terrible I, uh, the streets one were. Of, one of, I won't divulge any names, but a... Highly placed source within the Springfield DPW, who I happen to know, told me that at least six people got fired because of that. Oh, I bet. Including contractors who they have GPS in their trucks. They were home when they were collecting overtime when they were supposed to be plowing. Yeah, it makes sense. Sounds about yeah, right. My street, my street was a skating rink. Mm-hmm. They never they never plowed it worth a damn. You know, the best part about that is those ass hats are sitting there milking the clock and making their extra OT. Meanwhile... They're risking the lives of people by not clearing this. I mean, this is life or death situations here. These roads are dangerous. And you're sitting at home doing whatever you're doing, milking the clock. You know, milk the clock after the streets are clean. After after the roadways are safe. Then go home and fuck off for a couple hours. You want that extra OT. But, I mean, people are out there getting into accidents and dying. And it's your fucking fault at the end of the day. It's your fucking fault, Mr. Snowplow Man sitting there on your fat ass, you fuck. Well, the, the two things that annoy me the most are, one, the plow drivers don't put the blade all the way down. No, you're so right. they don't clear the road very well. Yep. Plus, they don't get within four feet of the curb, but yet they still manage to plow in my driveway, which I can't <laughs> understand. And yeah. also, if you drove out of Springfield into East Longmeadow, as soon as you crossed the line, the streets were clear and dry and gorgeous mm-hmm. within a day. Southwick was in good shape. They did a nice job yeah, in my town. Springfield was the only piece of shit plow job. I mean, it was funny. My dad was actually offended by how bad it was. Yeah, it was. It was really bad here, too. One of the days it was so bad, I had to park at the bank like a half a mile down the road. I oh, my God. I my car there. Wow. 
Because I used to park on the street, and it was so freaking bad. I just parked in the bank parking lot and walked home. Probably smart, because if you had tried parking in front of your house, your car probably would have gotten clipped, because there was probably about a foot and a half of snow between your curb and the end of the edge of the street, and it would have pushed yep. your car too far out. Oh. Someone would have yeah, came by and clipped money. it. Yeah, it was awful. All right, enough of our bitching. Not Nation doesn't care, especially like our listeners in California. They're like, who gives a fuck about snow? Why are you guys complaining? <laughs> We have, we have listeners in California? Like, cool. may, maybe I'm one. sure our listeners in Australia don't care. We have one, maybe? Oh, our listeners in Australia, my heart goes out to you, my friends. Oh, they're my de- God. They're That's dealing, what I wanted to mention. They are dealing with some serious brush fires right now, so not nation. Uh, I, I, I'm not a religious man, but thoughts and prayers, you know what I mean? We hope the best for you guys, and, and we, I know Aussie... Our friend Nate Appleby and his brother David, Afghani Dave, we hope you guys are safe, and we hope it's nowhere near where you're at. And uh, to everyone out there in Australia, be safe, and hopefully they get that shit under control sooner than later. Probably by the time I release this episode, it'll have been the fire will have been out for a month. But you know, I'm not well, to make hope. I'm not trying to make light of that situation. That that is a bad situation over there. So. Nate had sent me the uh, weather from his uh, phone, and it was 113 degrees. Holy shit. Oh, hell. They could yeah. use some of our snow. We'd be happy to send it to you if we could. Well, I sent them ours, and the, uh, it was like 15, but it felt like 7. Yeah. I was like, oh, my God, talk about a difference. Now I feel bad for complaining, because I would much rather be cold than be in the middle of that nightmare. Again. Although, no. What? To show that there is hope for humanity, by the way. Did you see that there, I can't remember her name, oh, but there's an Instagram model yes, who was is. raising money for Australian fire relief. Yeah, she you was selling, she's yeah, she's selling nude pictures. For every 10 bucks you get, she sends you a nude picture. Right. She's raised half a million dollars. I saw that. Her name is the Naked Philanthropist, I believe. Yes. Half um, a million dollars. God bless her soul and vagina. If you want to check her out on Twitter, it's at... L-I-L-E-A-R-T-H-A-N-G-E-L-K. Listen, give off and it's for little a oh, little earth nice re- little earth angel K is what the Twitter handle is little earth angel K. Check her out. And uh, good for her, man. Her name is Kaylin Ward. Good for her. And she has yeah, she's raised five hundred thousand dollars so far. Who knows? By the time. Never take. Right. You know what I mean? This is January fifth. I mean, it could <laughs> she could raise a million dollars with pictures of her cooch. God bless. Now, she does have the golden vagina. I've been, you know, you, you talk about the golden the 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 mystery of the golden snapper. She actually has the golden snapper, gentlemen. <laughs> Sorry to our female listeners, that was inappropriate, but okay. All right. Well, anyways, um, yeah. So that I New Year's Eve, I worked. I DJ'd at a local bar, and uh, yeah, that's it. That's pretty much it. Now it's 2020. So I hope everyone had a wonderful holiday, however you celebrate, whether it be Kwanzaa, Christmas, Hanukkah, or Festivus for the rest of us. I hope you all enjoyed yourselves. And yeah, now it's back to the grind, back to the reality. Here we are, 2020. Welcome. Welcome. Yep. All right. Well, we're going to do a quick year in review for 2019, and then we're going to 
do a wrap-up of Disney Plus The Mandalorian because that finally finished and we've seen we've all seen all eight episodes. We're going to talk about that real quick. And then, Not Nation, you are finally going to get our review and our thoughts on the final chapter of Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker. That's the plan and that's what we're going to do. But first, Jay Money, how about a little social media presence for our Twitter. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at NotPodcast1, Facebook.com backslash NotPodcast1. For the entire month of December, I did an advent calendar video countdown. Yes, you did. And what did you think of that, Tom? Because obviously D-Rock hated it because he hates everything I do. Nah, no thanks. I mean, I was very proud of myself doing it every day. I, I'm I'm impressed that you didn't forget a day, first of all. Uh, okay. You were consistent. I'll give you an A for consistency. Thank I, you. I'll also give you an A for content because at least you were doing something, unlike D-Rock. Thank you. D-Rock likes to... Well, I mean, he did... I'll give him credit. He did post his Lego find. He, he got the Mandalorian Lego battle pack, which I'm very jealous of. He posted that on the page, but... I, I thought it was good, and and some content is better than no content. So I'm never. Um, I'm uh, happy to announce that my uh, niece watched every video every day, and she was doing uh, like a regular kids Lego advent calendar, and she was like mimicking me and sending me her videos every day. Oh, that's cute. That's cool. So. Well, here's the deal. This is the bottom line. If you don't like those videos, you don't have to watch them. But at least if they're there. There's content, and some people enjoyed those videos. I know Librarian Kate watched them all, and she did her own, and it was great. She, she did her uh, Lego Star Wars ones, mm-hmm. so. and she had the uh, Pop one too, but it wasn't the GameStop exclusive, so I got some cool ones that she didn't get. That's true. So, so. Yeah, money ignored Derek and all of the naysayers, because if they don't like the content, they don't have to tune in for it. They don't have to check it out. But there are some people out there who enjoy it and they appreciate it. And like Thanks. I said, I had fun doing those. I was kind of sad yeah. when it was over. Yeah, something's better than nothing. So you know, yeah, that was fun. Lord knows, Chris and I don't ever. I mean, we. <laughs> I will say that Baby Yoda has kind of taken over our Facebook page. Well, uh, he's kind of taken over the universe. Right, but there are just. Tons of Baby Yoda memes dropping on the Not Another Nerdy Podcast Facebook page to the point where it might be a little out of control. We might have to reel that back in a little bit. And, yeah, a little bit. And don't, it, and don't, it was a little too much. And don't worry. I love Baby Yoda, and, and some of those memes are really funny, but I think maybe, you know, instead of five a day, we drop one a day or one every <laughs> few days or something, you know. Not every time we see one. I'm just uh, putting that out there. <laughs> We've had fun, though. Oh, yeah. I mean, hell, that one that I posted about the Legos, uh, you know, what was it, like 13-year-old me looking at all the Legos I can't afford. And oh, that was great. It's a picture of Baby Yoda, and then below it is the picture of 900-year-old Yoda, and it says a picture of 25-year-old me still looking at all the Legos I can't afford. I mean, that's totally true, and that meme got a lot of traction. and I, we had, I couldn't believe it. Yeah, it, it was blew my mind how much yeah, it was uh, how many it, views we got to that one thing. It was viewed like 30,000 times and shared. I know. I don't even know how many times it was shared, but uh yeah, it went viral. So that was kind of fun. And my apologies to the person who did create that meme because if I could remember where I found it, I would totally give them credit for it. I'm not trying to steal credit where credit isn't due. But yeah, we did get a lot of 
uh, likes and a lot of looks with that one meme, and our name was all over it. So that was good. Yep. And uh, if if well, any, you never actually find out who creates memes. No, they just sort of appear. Well, sometimes people will put their little hashtag watermark. at the bottom. There, yeah, they'll yeah, put a watermark on it. I didn't see one on there, but. If I missed it, I apologize again to whoever created that. And, hey, if any of you listening now are listening because you saw that meme and you thought you'd check us out, welcome. Thanks for giving us a listen. We appreciate you. And we, welcome, welcome, welcome. And, and I'm not saying we're never going to post another Baby Yoda meme. You'll get some. Just We're just going to take a break from it for, for a little bit. Just not eat a day. I did post a Mandalorian one the other day. I was pretty proud of it. was him sitting behind the table saying, this is the way I changed my mind. And he's sitting there with his arms folded. That I was thought, fantastic. Yeah, I thought that one was clever. So I had and I, I do have every Baby Yoda toy pre-ordered. So and I'm sure we'll be getting unboxing videos on the page when that happen, when those yes. arrive. I've got the plushies. I've got the Black Series figures. I have the talking one pre-ordered. Oh, so I've got it all. You are so money, and you don't even know it. All right, cool. Thanks for that social media hit, and uh, thanks to everyone who takes the time to like our page and check out what we post, and to check out Money's content that he's good enough to take time out of his busy day to post, and yeah, that's it. Here we are, recording, for the first time in 2020, one of five episodes you'll probably get out of us this year. <laughs> judging I think by, that's more than last year. Judging by our track record. No, yeah, we don't want to saturate market yeah you know we, we well we want to saturate it with baby yoda memes but not actual podcasts apparently <laughs> that's not what we're here to do so no we will try to be more regular i promise but it would help if all of our co-hosts would actually chip in now and again just saying <clears throat> d-rock nah, no thanks yeah so but yeah you're in review what was some of the highs of 2019 for you guys Chris Todd, what stood out to you? You want to do a top three favorite movies or TV shows or something? What do you take from 2019? What really clicked for you? Hmm. Let me think. Well, go with my top three movies here in a second, plus not two honorable mentions. When I was in Denver in October, there's a air museum out there that has the only movie prop x-wing fighter that's on loan from lucasfilm anywhere in the world oh cool with a with an actual r2d2 in it that's so cool. seeing that up close if i think about it i'll put a picture on the facebook page yeah that was so cool yeah seeing an actual x-wing up close or the ones that was used in the movie i mean that's just and it was signed by multiple members of the of the cast i think george lucas mark hamill a few others so that was pretty cool. And that's actually to scale, like if an X-Wing yeah, is a real life yeah, size. Yeah, it's, it's an actual size, which they're not as big as you'd think. Right. And we're talking in an inside a giant hangar. It's parked next to a B-1 bomber. Oh, so it looked very small. Oh, it looked tiny. Yeah. And they had that and Anakin's pod racer from oh. episode one. Oh, that's cool. This is so wizarding. It wasn't used in the movie. It was a prop that Nintendo had made for their pod racing video game mm -hmm. but it never got used for anything so they just gave it to this museum to put on display and it was to scale yeah. nice that's cool that was kind of neat but yeah so so that was that was as far as you know seeing things in real life that that was way up there but as far as movies go my top three drum roll please number three, <laughs> number three for the year spider-man far from home all right and since we've talked about Spider-Man more than anything else on this podcast ever, I'm not going to go into great detail. I just <laughs> it. 
Yep. I thought it was a beautiful end for that first phase of the MCU. Mm-hmm. I'm really happy Sony and Marvel could work out their differences, and I look forward to future Spider-Man movies in the future. Okay. Number two, maybe a little surprise, Ford v. Ferrari. Really? The Christian Bale, Matt Damon movie about the 1960s Le Mans competition, 24-hour Le Mans competition between Ford and, well, Ferrari, which was a, I'm kind of a car guy, and this is a legendary story about, the gist of it is, Henry Ford II wanted to buy Ferrari. Ferrari basically told him to fuck off, so Ford created the GT40 race car to beat Ferrari at the 24-hour of Le Mans, which he ended up doing for three years in a row. Wow. Because Ferrari won everything. They were still one of the greatest racing marks in the world, but at the time, they were completely unbeatable, and for an American car company to come in and basically beat them on their own turf and soundly because they finished one, two, three, not to ruin the ending of the movie, but it's a fantastic story. I would say either watch that or the Adam Carolla documentary called the 24 hour war, which is available on Netflix. Unbelievable story. Both of them are incredibly well-made. So that's my number two movie for the year. All right. Number one, I'm sure is not going to surprise anyone. Avengers Endgame. Yep. Yep. Refer to our review of that. I still think it's one of the best science fiction fantasy movies that's ever been made. And right. It's going to be a long time before it can ever be topped. And I will give two honorable mentions because I just want to throw them out there. John Wick 3, because it's John Wick. Mm-hmm. This movie's great. And it, actually, it's a documentary called They Shall Not Grow Old, made by Peter Jackson about World War One. Okay. If you have a chance to watch it and you're into history at all, highly recommend it. Awesome. How about you, Mike? As far as TV goes, we're just going to throw out Mandalorian, Rebels, Star Wars Resistance actually wasn't half bad. The last season, which I think is the last season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., all very well done. What about Blacklist? Well, that goes without saying. (laughs) Right. I'm not going to throw Game of Thrones in there because I'm not going to. Right. And those were my top uh, films and TV shows for the year off the top of my head. Right. How about you, Mike? I had Captain Marvel. I had uh, Alita Battle Angel. Obviously, Spider-Man, Avengers, Shazam, Star Wars, John Wick 3. It's a hell of a top three. Uh, I don't want to make a top list, but those are all some of my favorite movies of the year. Okay. Um, obviously, I love Glow on Netflix. Uh, <laughs> I love The Mandalorian, which we'll get into more. Stuff I hated. I hated that Last Godzilla movie, and I hated the Lego movie, too. Those were just fucking garbage. Wow. So, obviously... Uh, were you a fa- was... Hold on. Were you a fan of the first Lego movie? I loved the first Lego movie. Wow. Lego movie, too. Was that disappointing for you, then, huh? It, uh, did you see it? No, I have not. I totally agree with you, Money. It was a letdown. It wow. was way too much of a musical. Oh, just every five minutes they broke. It was like a it was like a Disney movie. No, or you know it was like a Lion King or no. Aladdin. Every right. five minutes they just broke out into a freaking song, and I was just like, oh god, just yeah. stop. That's singing. not that's not that's that. not what made like everything was awesome was like a, f- a funny thing in the first movie, but that that gimmick was not what made the Lego Movie good. That, no, not at all. And the second one just relied they too just much kept on it. Singing yeah. and kept singing, and it just it got to it got to be too much. Okay. Well, so I'm glad I didn't rush out to the theater to see that then, because that would no, have really pissed me off. I 
Yeah, and Chris, you agree, right? Yeah, I I watched it on 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 demand or HBO, and I just didn't. Yeah, it didn't do anything for me. Yeah, me either. And so, but as far as that, like I said, I love Captain Marvel. I love the Lita Battle Angel. Shazam was great. Uh, Avengers was probably my top movie of the year. Spider Man Far From Home was great. John Wick Three was great. Rise of Skywalker was great. All which right. we'll get into in a few minutes. Mm-hmm. And that last Godzilla King of Monsters movie was just garbage. The return of J Money's squeaky chair. Welcome back. Uh oh. He's bringing it back for 2020, hey. ladies and gentlemen. Hey, Tom. Yes, can I sir. throw something out there real quick? Yeah. Just something for you to think about. For not, we got a really good year for science fiction in 2019. Okay. I'm just looking through my ser- recording list on my DVR and just some examples here. His Dark Materials on HBO, Watchmen, mm-hmm. Batwoman, the new series. I don't know if they count as science fiction, but Emergence and Prodigal Son and Evil. Mm-hmm. Those have been excellent. Right. You know, then the new season, which will be a recommendation of mine later, of Lost in Space. Mm-hmm. That was excellent. The Expanse, which is a freak. If you, if you don't watch that show, you absolutely have to. Mm-hmm. Some of the best science fiction writing on TV right now. Wow. Um, and it's true to the source material. Walking Dead has got its groove back. It has. I mean, we're doing really well for science fiction these days. True. So it's a good it's a good time to be a geek these days. Be a nerd. All right. Well, I will give you my quick 2019 in review, and then we'll move on to Mandalorian. So I saw a total of four movies in the theater this past year in 2019. <laughs> it was a all time low for me, but nothing really grabbed me and made me want to go to the movies. I will say John Wick 3 was one that I should have saw in the theater, but I missed in the theater. But I saw Captain Marvel. I saw, obviously, Avengers Endgame, Spider-Man Far From Home, and I saw Star Wars Rise of Skywalker. Those are the four movies that I have seen in the calendar year 2019 in the movie theater. Now, if I'm doing a top three, obviously Avengers Endgame is going to be number one. Spider-Man Far From Home would be my number two. Here's where it gets a little tricky. And then I have to, I hate to do it to Captain Marvel, but I have to put Star Wars Rise of Skywalker as my number three. And Captain Marvel's my honorable mention. That's some bullshit. Captain Marvel was a great movie, and I think it was underrated, and it caught a lot of shit for no reason. Is Brie Larson the greatest actress ever? No. But she looks the part. And I thought the story was serviceable. I liked her origin. And I think a sequel is going to be better. I thought they laid the foundation they needed to lay. And it was a good movie. You know, was it the best Marvel movie ever? No. Was it top ten? Probably not. But I enjoyed the hell out of it. And it's right in there with the top three. But it can't be top three. So it's uh, I mean, honorable mention. She looks the look. I mean, she's, she's Captain Marvel. That's, right. that's it. She is Carol Danvers. She put that suit on and I was sold. She's Captain Marvel. As far as TV goes, top three TV shows, obviously Mandalorian. I'm not going to put them in any specific order, but Mandalorian, The Boys on Amazon, that was incredibly enjoyable and well done. And there wasn't really a bad episode. I'm judging it by, you know, if there was a lull, there, there really, that entire series was great. So that's got to be on my list. And I hear a lot of good things about Watchmen. I haven't had a chance to watch it yet. I feel bad for not watching it because everyone raves about it. Oh, totally. It's it's fantastic. But I have to say 
blacklist. <laughs> I know. I know I'm a blacklist wonk, but I really have enjoyed it. It's been really good. And Walking Dead's there too. Uh, that's been enjoyable again as well. So but I I definitely you got to mention the boys and you got to mention Mandalorian. Those are absolutes if you hadn't checked those out in 29. Oh, and Glow. Glow season 3 was really good on Netflix. And I've also been watching this uh, show with my wife called 13 Reasons Why. And it's on its third season. It's about a girl who commits suicide and leaves these cassette tapes explaining the 13 reasons why she killed herself. And it doesn't seem like something I'd be into, but it's really compelling. And the acting is extraordinary. And it's really well done. And I've enjoyed that as well. Been watching that. So that's probably, I mean, that's an older show that's been on there for a while. But I'm, it's new to me because we just started watching it about a month and a half ago. And that's been really good. So I like that as well. Um, and that's it. 2019, you know, I'm, like I said, I didn't get to as many movie, movies as I would have liked to have. But maybe 2020 will be different. Maybe we'll have more, more to see. Well, like I said, this has just been a, I even forgot about the boys and that was excellent. excellent. That's how good a year this has been. Yeah. I'm looking forward to the second season of Lost in Space. I enjoyed the first time, the first one. So you'll like this one. They, they do a damn good job of it. Cool. All right, boys. Well, why don't we move on to the Mandalorian? And we finally got to see the entire season one, the, the whole shebang, all the baby Yoda you ever want. What would How can you have too much baby Yoda? Well, you well you can on the not another nerdy podcast Except on our Facebook, Facebook page. page. You could definitely have too much baby Yoda. But uh, what did you think, Jay Money, of Mandalorian? Give us your overall impression review. And if there was a favorite episode, we'd love to hear about that. This has been absolutely incredible. My favorite thing ever. Probably the best Star Wars since Return of the Jedi. Maybe even the best Star Wars since Empire Strikes Back. Wow. I love it so much. It's absolutely fantastic. I cannot say enough good things about it. Well, Aaron Wood would disagree with you. <laughs> really? He doesn't like it? Well, he, as you know, he was on our last episode when we reviewed the first two episodes. <laughs> he liked the first one, second one he didn't care for. At the end of it all, his total summation was that The Witcher on Netflix is better than The Mandalorian. Fuck! Screw the I Witcher. forgot about The Witcher. <laughs> Screw The Witcher. Stupid video oh, Witcher game. was fucking fantastic, money. Stupid video game TV show. Well, yeah, well. Either way, I don't the game, so it works for me. It's based on Polish books. All right, let's so. not let's not get sidetracked. The Mandalorian basically fell flat for uh, Mr. Wood. So no, it just kept getting better with every episode for me, and I'm watching episode eight again for like the tenth time right now, and it's fucking awesome. I just can't even put it into words. Favorite episode, uh, favorite character. Favorite episode is it episode eight? Favorite character, obviously, Baby Yoda. Okay. Favorite, probably Star Wars character ever baby yoda really oh i just i love it (laughs) baby yoda over darth vader yes baby yoda over boba fett yes baby yoda over salacious crumb (laughs) yes okay all right and i also love it that my entire action figure collection is like going way up in value because of this show right because i have a figure with the dark saber and that figure is going for like 300 bucks on ebay Oh, yeah, because they introduced the Darksaber on the final episode of Mandalorian. Yeah, final scene. And then uh, 
you know, the ice cream man when he got his uh, reward for Baby Yoda? Ice cream man. You know what I'm talking about? The, ice the guy from Empire Strikes Back that was running out of Cloud City with that big white container, and they called him Ice Cream oh. Man. And that, the that container was... The Beskar was in that... Yes. yes. That the Mandalorians I, paid with. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I have the figure of that guy with that thing. Okay. Really? Yeah, and that figure's That's... going for like 200 bucks on eBay right now. Oh, my God. So this whole show is like making my collection go up in value. So oh, There you go. I love it even more. <laughs> How about you, Chris? What did you think of The Mandalorian? Loved it. You know, the best thing about it is anytime anybody says, well, you can't make all the Star Wars fans happy, just point to The Mandalorian. Because except yep. for Aaron Wood, probably the high 90 percentile of Star Wars fans are loving it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It proves that you can make a show that will make the overwhelming majority of the fans happy. I've seen very little negative review online. I've liked every episode. My favorite probably being episode six, The Prisoner. Yeah, that one was the good. One where they, they, that's the one where they where Bill Burr was on it. Bill Burr and Clancy Brown. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That and the last one. I love how now Giancarlo Esposito has essentially become Hollywood's go-to bad guy. Yeah, and he's really good. He's What's his name? Moff Gideon? He's perfect. Yeah. And now we and, have our nemesis for the Mandalorian series, so I'm pretty stoked. So and much better of a villain, a villain than Kylo Ren. Uh, oh, I, yeah. I agree. And can we all agree that a TIE fighter folding its wings to land makes a ton of fucking sense? It does. Kudos to John Favreau and Dave Filoni for thinking of that. That's pretty brilliant. <laughs> I saw that. I was like, I, I almost wanted to applaud that somebody did something that made that much sense yeah. in, this, in this era of Star Wars. The only thing that aggravates me about it is, you know, they've set that up as canon. And it's like, why haven't you seen that in any other movie or in the future? Like, because <laughs> they've established it. Well, the one thing about Star Wars mythology is there's almost an infinite number of variants of TIE Fighters. True. I do enjoy that they brought back the Dark Troopers yeah. from Rogue One. That was Death pretty troopers. awesome. Oh, yeah, Death Troopers. Thank you. That was pretty awesome that they came Yeah, I back. never thought we'd see them again. Yeah. Well, they were so cool. Favreau knew what was up. He's like, shit, I'm bringing those guys back. They must have went somewhere when, you know, after What's-His-Nuts and Rogue One got killed. <laughs> you know? so where were they during the original trilogy? No, we didn't see them. Hanging out with Moff Gideon somewhere, I guess. Yeah. They were just off camera. That's the official Star Wars line for everything. They were hey, just off camera. It's fine. At least we got them back. They're, and and I have a feeling they'll be back again next season with Moff Gideon. So that's pretty cool. No, I thought they did a bang-up job on it. And I hope that it stays up to this level of quality in the future. Now, do I you, love bringing Darksaber in. Right. That do, was, do you agree with, you know, some of the fans are upset that there's a little too much fan service and they rely too much on the nods to the... Uh, lore and instead of creating new stuff listen there is a big difference between fan service which is frankly patronizing right mm-hmm. and staying true to the mythology which is when we eventually get into rise of skywalker i will go into that in a little more detail but i think this was staying true to the mythology not yeah. really giving us fan service i agree i mean there was a few things that I, like the him having the carbon freezing chamber on razor crest and and freezing like his that. bounties eh, it was a little you know and then he's got him like they're lined up like a wallet <laughs> like credit cards in a wallet i that was a little much for me but everything else i i was into i like the thermal detonator in ig11 and we finally got to see that put to good use and well done 
rest in peace, Quill and IG-11. I will say my biggest problem with The Mandalorian is that they killed off those two characters because they were both compelling, interesting characters, and I really wanted to see more of them. But I'm glad Grief Karga survived, uh, Carl Weathers' character, and I'm glad mm-hmm. we're going to get more Cara Dune. I'm a big Gina Carano fan anyway, but I loved her character as well. So at least we know we can expect to see them again in this Mandalorian universe. Yeah, it was great. I enjoyed it. Uh, there really wasn't a bad episode. I mean, it lulled in spots, but whatever. A little I bit. felt like uh, some of those middle episodes, the self-contained ones, you could have put them like in any order. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah well, like it was kind of like episode one, two, and then the middle ones, and then, you know, seven and eight. Right. But that was I was fine with that. Yeah, you know? I do. I I think episode oh. seven was probably my favorite of all the episodes. I just I loved episode seven. When those biker scouts were kept punching Baby Yoda, I was just no, yelling was, at my teeth. Well, that was the beginning of episode eight. That was a good. Yeah. that was a fun scene, and they're <laughs> taking like, shots at the thing and missing. Uh, wow. That that was very clever. There was a lot of there was a lot of nice nods to typical Star Wars tropes and. You know, obviously they had a little fun with the whole stormtroopers can't hit the broadside of a barn <laughs> and uh, having the biker scouts <laughs> incapable of shooting that thing 50 feet away from them. And I uh, I liked how the young credits were all the like concept art. Oh, and it w- beautiful art. They should make a calendar or something. I would totally buy that. That was, that was great. Oh, it was that was a quality of Ralph McQuarrie art. Yeah, that I'm, was that good. I'm betting that you'll see a book, like an art of Mandalorian book with all I those so. all those drawings and paintings. That would be really cool. All right, so yeah, none of us hated Mandalorian. I think we all agree. No, not at all. Looking it's forward fantastic. to season two. Where do you think season Although, two is going to take us? I'm sorry, go ahead. This isn't really a criticism of the Mandalorian, but more a question. They do have to account for the retconning that they've done about Mandalorians. Because essentially, they have shown that Jango and Boba Fett were not actually Mandalorians, right. which is a big change to the Star Wars universe. Yeah, absolutely. And also, if you did, either of you watch Star Wars Rebels or Clone Wars? I've Clone, seen yeah, both. Yeah, of them. I've seen both. Well, Clone Wars featured a long storyline that happened on Mandalore, you know, with the Death Watch and everything, and they didn't have any problem taking their helmets off. Okay, and. And the Mandalorian character on Rebels, her helmet was off all the time. Oh, Sabine Wren, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so they kind of have to they have to explain a little bit about these people who we know are actually Mandalorian. Because remember, Sabine ended up back on Mandalore. Right. You know, they kind of, at some point, if they do another season of Rebels, they kind of have to explain this. Well, because they, here's my guess. My guess is that after the fall of the Empire all the remaining Mandalorians were scattered across the galaxy. And I'm thinking there was a faction of them that took on this new creed, this this is the way creed. Because you never heard that before this show. So that's a new aspect to it as well. So maybe under the new this is the way creed, you don't remove your helmet. Wouldn't it be awesome if they brought in a live action Sabine into their show? It would be awesome. It would be awesome. If, it would be awesome if Boba Fett showed up because Lucasfilm has already confirmed he escaped the Sarlacc pit. This only takes place five years after Return of the Jedi. At some point, I would not be surprised if there is a mention of or a cameo from Boba Fett. You know, be a perfect live action Sabine. Who's that? Our, our friend Alina Strikes. She sure would. Ooh. Yeah, she would. Good call. She sure would. She's a hell of a Gwenpool. 
Kudos to her for making the cover of that um, Marvel book, by the way. Yeah, shout out to Alina. She's the best. Yep. And make sure you check out her podcast, which is in the IHOP Radio Network. Good point. So, And it's called the... Will of the Wisps. Will of the Wisps. Something of the wills, isn't it? Crap. (laughs) Voice of the wills. There you go. Yeah, on Twitter, at the Wills Pod. Chris, what are you doing? You doing dishes right now? No, get my dog some water. Oh, all right. Apologies. Apologies, I'll be quiet here in a second. He he had a Derek Mitris moment. Voice of the Wills, at the Wills Pod. Very cool. At Alina Strikes, our good friend on the cover of Gwenpool, number five. That's awesome. crap. Very cool. My goal this year at all the cons we go to was to get the artist, the writer, and obviously Alina to sign my copies. Well, I'm sure getting Alina to sign will be easy enough. But yeah, if oh. tracking down the artist and writer ought to be good. Yeah, because um, obviously that's a very popular comic, so they do a lot of cons. Quick shout out to the other members of the IHOP Radio Network, as long as we're mentioning the IHOP Network. Dinner and a podcast. Absolutely. Legend of my spare time. Matt Lees, the man. Yeah, yeah. Celebrating his 10th anniversary, he was just saying, uh, 10 years of podcasting. That's pretty awesome. Yep. Ozzy and the Palm. Yep. Gooner's Podcast. Yep. And, of course, Dudes in Toyland. Dudes in Toyland. Will. Big rumor. Big rumor. Will may be coming down for a parade weekend this year. No shit. Yeah. <laughs> well, Kate that, and uh, Lily Zemi are... Trying to get her to him to come down. Well, that will be. He, you don't know what you're in for, Will. That's what I keep saying. Does Kate and Will know what they're in for? Probably not. Do they think they're just gonna like stand on the side of the road and watch this little parade walk by? <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> I don't think they know it's what they're a, gonna get. I don't little, think they know. A little more involved than that. Yeah. So just make yeah, sure you we'll, get them some salt and vinegar fries. It's yeah. <laughs> the only way to eat them. So, yeah, Will and Kate are most likely coming. Well, Kate is definitely coming down, and Will, as of now, it looks like uh, it's a good chance he's going to come down. Awesome. He lives up in Maine. Be a good time to have a drunken podcast recording. (laughs) Holy crap. (laughs) Crossover. (laughs) But we're getting ahead of ourselves. Let's finish finish what we're working on here. uh, (laughs) Let Chris go on his rise of Skywalker. Yeah, we might as well move on. We all love Mandalorian, so we'll just we'll say we're very we're looking forward to season two. It's also been rumored that season two will contain original trilogy characters, so that'll be interesting. Which means, hey, I just said Boba Fett could show up, so there you go. Which means that my figures collection will go up in value even more. Because if there's some of these odd characters, I have figures of whoop right up in value. Yep, absolutely. So I I want Tom to. Read my review of The Rise of Skywalker. You want me to read it? Well, I think you know exactly what I would am going to say about it. So you want me to predict your review? Yes, predict my review. I'm like, I think where, you know I'm exactly thinking, where the I'm fuck am I going to read it? You Where'd you write it down? <laughs> Sorry. Uh, yeah, I'm going to predict that Jay Money loved this movie. I'm going to predict that this is his favorite movie of the new trilogy. I'm going to predict that he loves the way things ended for Kylo Ren slash Ben Solo. 
And I'm going to predict that, like me, the only problem he had with the movie was the whole mysterious reappearance of Emperor Palpatine out of nowhere. No. 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 And the rest of it was all aces and spades. Am I correct in my assumption? 100%. That's what I thought. I just thought the kiss was awkward. Well, yeah. Okay. But other than that, you were spot on. Good job, Tom. Thanks. So besides the kiss, was there anything else you didn't like about this movie? Just a couple of little plot holes, like when Chewbacca died, but they didn't oh die because he was on another ship. Oh, you know? thank God you mentioned that. I, I literally, you can ask Chris Todd, I almost got up and walked out of the theater when, the, when I thought they had actually killed Chewbacca. I was like, yeah. are you fucking kidding me right now? And the fact that... uh Leia's saber wasn't green at the end when it was supposed to be green. Mm-hmm. Which that was just a technical goof, you know? Right. And I loved how um, Ray's saber was yellow. I freaked out at that. But other than that, I didn't have any problems with it. So Did you notice? Christoph, did you also notice that Ray's saber was made out of her staff? Oh, yeah. The uh, hilt? So yeah. you... Uh, okay, I talked to Dr. Bill about this. We were... Questioning that, so you you think that too? Yeah, it was. It was obviously. Oh, it definitely was. Okay. The the hilt, the the where the base of it was, was that that's the end of her of her little bow staff thing that she had. I'm glad she got rid of that stupid staff. Mm-hmm. Well, she. You think that's a dual sided one? She's a fucking Jedi. She doesn't need a staff. Either way, I thought that was a cool nod. I liked yeah. the movie. I'm gonna. I'll I'll go before. We'll let Chris finish up because I know Chris has a lot of thoughts. And no, of, you go, Tom. None I'm of them are go good. for a while. So. No, no, none of them are good. So, uh, but so I will say this was really the only way they could have went with the movie. I, uh, we all know I was disappointed by the Last Jedi, and J.J. Abrams basically picked up the pieces that Ryan Johnson left him, and he put together the best movie he could with those pieces, and I enjoyed it. It was fun. It was nice to finally see these three main characters on a shared adventure together because we have not experienced that up until this point. I've said that to everybody. Yeah, we, we they wait till the third and final movie to finally all get together, and at least it was a lot of fun, and he made it worth the wait. You know what I mean? It was it was good. Poe was not the the asshole that he was in the Last Jedi. I really didn't care for his character in the Last Jedi, and. He was actually very likable in this one. He was he had a Han Solo quality to him in this movie, and it was enjoyable and good. And uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a lot of fun. There was a fair amount of C three PO. That was a big problem I had with the first two movies. Was three PO and R two were basically non-existent. Well, R two was non-existent in this movie, but there was plenty of three PO, and they made up for a lot of that, and that was good. And he was he still he had some scene stealing lines. He was good. A good end to his story. I thought R2 got ripped off. They should have used R2 more, but a little too much reliance on BB-8, you know. I get that BB-8's the new cute character everyone's trying to push, but there's no substitute for R2-D2. I'm sorry. Now, the way it ended, I thought that was the only way you could end it. I mean, Ben Solo could not survive, not after killing Han Solo. There's no way he could possibly, you can't reconcile that. There's no way to redeem that character. So I thought it was appropriate that he sacrificed his life to save Rey, and then he faded away and became one with the Force. I will say they had a missed opportunity at the very end there 
that closing shot on Tatooine where Ray looks over and sees Luke and Leia's Force Ghost. I thought it was a missed opportunity to then have Ben Solo's Force Ghost appear next to his mother and kind of smile and nod at her and then fade to black. You know, that was a definite missed opportunity, not having him show up. Because what was the point of having him fade away and become one with the Force if you, you weren't going to have him come back as a, as a spirit? You know, because that's basically essentially what happened there after he sacrificed himself he became one with the force and evaporated like all the other jedi so that was you know that was a bummer but it was awesome that they bookended it you know the whole saga with that shot on tatooine staring at the the twin sun setting you know that's great you had that in the first movie with luke and then you had that scene at the end with ray doing the same thing that was a nice touch my biggest problem with this movie was the fact that I, and I love Emperor Palpatine, let me just say. I am a big fan. He's one of my favorite villains of all time. I was happy to hear he was coming back. They didn't bother to explain in any way, shape, or form how he survived being thrown down the shaft in Return of the Jedi. They just didn't bother explaining it. They didn't bother explaining where he's been hiding for the last 30-something years. He's just been hiding and amassing this huge fleet of Star Destroyers, and nobody noticed I mean, really? And then the other thing that bothered me was in the beginning when Kylo finds him and he reveals himself to him, he says, kill the girl and I'll give you everything you want. Do what must be done. But then you find out at the end he didn't want Ray dead. So why would he tell Kylo to kill the girl? Why wouldn't he say, bring the girl to me? It doesn't make any... Like, that's a huge plot hole right there. And JJ, how'd you miss that one, dude? You're a writer. Come on. Why the hell would Palpatine tell Kylo to kill her and then at the end say, you know, I never wanted you dead. I just wanted to reunite with you so I could take over your body. I mean, it doesn't make any sense. So that was a big problem for me. And the fact that Palpatine just showed up and there was no explanation whatsoever. I mean, he went to the trouble of explaining that Palpatine created clones of Snoke, you know, because he saw Snoke in the clone tank there. That was kind of funny. That was a funny. Right off. Yeah, you know. Don't. You know, at least they told you where Snoke came from, but they don't bother to tell you how Palpatine survived all these years and and why he's been why why wait thirty something years to come back? Like, what, was he waiting for Luke Skywalker to die? If if that was the case, he didn't say that. I mean, that would have made sense if he said I had to wait, you know, for Skywalker to be gone before I could make my return. I had foreseen that he would put an end to me if I came back while he was still around. You know, if he had said something like that, it would have made perfect sense and I would have bought into that. But that was never even explained. They just didn't bother touching on it at all. They just expected you to say, okay, Palpatine's back. We're just going to move on with the story and don't worry about it. Nothing to see over here. Did they explain it in a comic or a novel or something? I have no idea. If they have, I haven't read it. But I mean,. You can't do that. You got to give some explanation to the movie going audience. Not everybody no, I, that sees the movies is going to go read a comic book to find out what fucking happens. You and I would, but you know, the average moviegoer is not going <laughs> to do that. But I guess they figure the average moviegoer is not going to question it as much as I am, so I'm a straight up nerd. There you go. But yeah, overall I enjoyed it. It was um I I'm not going to say it was the best of the three movies. I still like Force Awakens. But it was definitely way better than The Last Jedi. And like I said, he did the best he could with what he had left to work with after the remnants of Last Jedi. In the time he had. Yeah, I mean, and, and I thought it was very 
appropriate what he did with Leia's character uh, for what he had to work with there and the footage they had to use. I thought he'd obviously the story would have been different if Carrie Fisher was still alive and she could have had a bigger role in that movie, but they had to do what they had to do. And I thought he pulled it off. I was a little, it was a little uncomfortable watching her on screen, knowing she's dead. It was a little strange and knowing that the actors aren't really interacting with her and it's just past footage. So that took me out of it a little bit, but again, they did the best they could with what they had. And I enjoyed it. It was fun. I had fun. That training scene was really badass. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, that was neat. With her and Luke. And, yeah. And uh, I thought it was cool that she was continuing race training, too. That was really cool. Yeah. So, yeah, it was good. I mean, I know my friend Chris Todd doesn't think so, and I'm going to turn the mic over to him and let him go on his tear. <laughs> and I'm going to the freezer. There you go. Okay. Go ahead, Chris. Take it away. Get me something, money. Okay. So I'm just going to say I did not like this movie. I think this whole Star Wars trilogy has been a god-awful piece of garbage. I know that there are many people who are going to listen to this who enjoyed it, and I'm fine with that. I'm not going to be that person who says you're stupid because you like this movie. If you like this movie, I'm happy for you. I didn't. And I'll explain why I have my reasons and I think they're valid reasons. Now I'm just going to go off on a little side note here. A long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, probably the first time I was on this podcast, I said that I probably have the least nerdy credentials of anybody who's ever been on this podcast. And I don't make any bones. Otherwise my entire comic book collection fits in one banker's box. I don't collect Legos. I don't collect toys. I don't do a lot of the things. I don't really go to cons. I don't collect autographs. I just don't, but I love the stories deeply. And I have loved star Wars since I was two years old. These stories have more, and these movies have more to do with my formulating my imagination as a young kid than almost that anything else growing up, they had a huge effect on me. I mean, I remember being a little kid. I didn't have any vehicles yet. And I remember using an old lunchbox as the Millennium Falcon and putting all my figures in it. <laughs> awesome. You know? That's awesome. Yeah. And I, you know, I love doing that. I got so much from these movies. And frankly, and I'm going to cut, well, I'm going to get to my conclusion at the end. But, you know, then we had a very long gap in movies. Then the prequels came out. And I will say they are imperfect movies, deeply imperfect movies that could be fixed and could be retold in a better way but they stayed true to the star Wars story. At least they were true to it. And I'll say there were some good things about this movie. I thought John Williams was brilliant. Once again, I thought the effects are getting so lifelike. It's almost creepy, you know, to the point where, you know, I've always said that I thought the, the effects in the original star Wars movies held up. Now, when you look at these new movies, no, they don't. They're great in their late seventies, early eighties own right, but they're beautifully made movies. They're shot. The photography is gorgeous. I'm not going to take that away, but my main problem is pretty simple. Star Wars has an established mythology for 42 years. We have a story. There's been rules set down in this story on how, on how things work and what things do. JJ Abrams and Ryan Johnson and Disney have basically taken those rules and got rid of them. My biggest problem with this movie is they rewrote the mythology to fit the story. They didn't write a story to fit the mythology. That's where my problem comes in. We'll start off with the very first thing you said, Tom, 
the emperor. That whole plot line makes no sense whatsoever. Yeah, it's it's the a far it's a, it's, it's, a, it's a far he was reach. Being thrown it's... down a shaft into the power core of the Death Star, right. and he blew up. Right. How in the hell could he survive that? Right. Yes, we know that in the comics in the years afterwards they said that he had clones and he transferred his consciousness in the clones, which Battlestar Galactica kind of ripped off, which I thought was kind of neat. But anyways, side point there. Palpatine, and when did he have kids? That's never been brought yeah, up. All that, of a sudden, Palpatine has bastard kids running around the universe. Yeah, that's another point. that is, See, in the comics, which are canon, they are canon. In the comics, we find out that Palpatine used midi-chlorians and used the dark side of the Force. Yeah, to, that, was in the, that was in the book Darth Sidious. To impre- or Darth Plagueis. To impregnate Shmi Skywalker. And, yeah. and so he's essentially Anakin's dad. We, we yeah, learned they, that. They, they don't say it directly in the book Darth Plagueis, but they do have a scene or a, a chapter in it where Plagueis and Sidious get together and create a being out of the dark of side, the, and, they, yeah. and they strongly hint that it's Anakin. Right. So, I mean, they that... don't say it outright in the book, but it's really, it's, it's really, you, you, the two points are about an inch apart. You can't. Yeah. So, well, it's, it's been confirmed in the comics that that's what happened. So, I, my, my, I have a but problem. Then, if he's. Tom, if he's a clone, why isn't he in better shape? Right. Why is he a, a friggin' gnarled up piece of shit attached with to his, a, With his fingertips falling off. Yeah, I know. I, 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 I get you. He looked like a zombie. His eyes are all white and shit. I'm like, man, he's you in know, rough shape. And let me just go through some, some of my notes here that I took two weeks ago. But hold on. Getting back to the point of them never revealing that he had children. I don't know why that was necessary. Why the hell didn't she just make Ray like Anakin? She was created from the Force. Like, why did Palpatine have to have a son? And how did he have a son? Who was the mother? Like, the, none of Who that was, was just some schlub. You, you know, the brief scenes you saw. Yeah, with him, he wasn't a was Force user. Special about the son of the goddamn Emperor. No, he wasn't a Force user. He got killed pretty easy, like a bitch. <laughs> no, he looked like the manager of a Denny's. <laughs> oh, and no offense to managers of Denny's. Denny's are yeah, fine really. established. Don't wear short sleeve shirts with neckties. Um, <laughs> anyway, but, okay, go on. So the Emperor, how did he live through the Death Star? How did he end up on Exegol? He has a giant fleet of Star Destroyers that are old school Star Destroyers. But yet the First Order has far more advanced ships. Why wouldn't he build the new version for himself? And then you're sticking the Death Star's weapon on the bottom of a Star Destroyer. So all of a sudden you're saying the Death Star wasn't actually all that necessary. You could have put the gun in the basic battleship. <laughs> well, it took maybe that's what it took him 30 years to come up with a portable version of that that could be powered by a Star Destroyer. <sighs> and Emperor Palpatine, Darth Sidious, however you want to call him, the whole story from day one, if you look at these movies from Phantom Menace on, he works behind the scenes. He's a manipulator. He's a puppet master. He pulls the strings. He doesn't broadcast his presence on public radio. Yeah, that, that was not weird. Then his character at all. They're changing the very nature of this character to fit a shitty story. And that's what I didn't like. And by the way, you have thousands of Star Destroyers. Where are you getting crews for all of them? Who are all those people that were hanging out in his chamber there when he's flutting around on his arm from the from the Assassin's Creed movies. <laughs> You're right. You know, they, these things needed to be explained. This has been the biggest problem with all these movies is not only do they ignore the mythology, they do a horrible job at world building. 
from the very beginning. They don't explain why there's a new republic, a resistance, and a first order. They don't explain the relationship between these three, and you need some sort of background on that. They've never explained that. I think that's just lazy, lazy world building. Well, I, I think and, that's going to be, I think actually Favreau has said that in the Mandalorian TV series, you're going to see the seeds of the First Order coming to fruition. I think that's well, going to be addressed. It shouldn't have to come in the Mandalorian series. It should be in the damn movies. They're the big tentpole things. Right. And here's another big problem I have with these movies. This trilogy was supposed to be the conclusion of the Skywalker saga, right? Yes. These three movies had nothing to do with Skywalkers. I agree. That's my that was my other criticism. Rise of Skywalker was a good finale to this particular trilogy. It was not a good finale to the overall saga of the Skywalkers. I will say that. You could have lifted Luke and Leia out of this. Frankly, in the what are now the Star Wars legends, Luke's son is named Ben, okay? Not Leia and Han. And it makes no sense that they would name their son Ben, because if you think about it, Leia never met Ben, and Han didn't like him very much. So why would you name your only son after him? It would be like you naming your son after your brother-in-law's favorite college professor. You're not going to do it. They just stole that shit from the books, and it didn't make any sense. It would have made more sense if Luke's kid was named Ben, I agree. Exactly, or if he had a kid. Then we take the very nature of the Force. When the hell did Force Ghost were they able to manipulate reality? Never. That's not. Well, the point. yeah, they've never Force shown us that. Force Ghosts are there as a storytelling device. Lucas did a brilliant thing. He lifted this storytelling device directly out of the Odyssey when Ulysses or Odysseus goes to hell and, and talks with Achilles. The Force Ghosts can't manipulate the world. They can't levitate X-wings, which are amazingly watertight, by the way. And catch lightsabers. No, they're just there to act as a chorus, act as a conscience, as a guide to the main characters. They just changed it. They said, eh, why don't we have him catch a, catch a lightsaber? He's not corporeal. He can't catch it. You're just changing shit well, they, for the sake of bad story writing. And didn't they have, they had Yoda des- destroy the, like, with the lightning like in, the, fire. in Last Jedi. <laughs> yeah, right. And the whole telekinetic lightsaber battle when Ray and Kylo and two movies now are hundreds of thousands of miles apart. And all of a sudden they're having a physical lightsaber battle in their mind, but they're actually transporting. That was dumb, dumb, oh, dumb, yeah. dumb, when bad Ray, storytelling. Ray transported the lightsaber to Ben. And that was the other thing. All of a sudden he turns against his Knights of Ren, which by the way, were they a big letdown? Oh, them in a minute. They did nothing. Well, we need to okay. wrap up soon. So just hit your high points. Okay. Yeah, I only got two or three here. Oh, the the Chewbacca um, thing was a big one. When when they made no, it look like Chewbacca died, I almost got up and left. Actually, this is where you're leading me. Thanks for the nice segue. You got it. This movie had no consequences for any main character. Star Wars has always had consequences. You think about it. Luke left home to go find the droids that left Aunt Beru and Uncle Owen to get killed by stormtroopers. Luke leaves Dagobah. When his training's not complete, he gets his hand cut off, finds out prematurely that Vader's his father, ends up with Han and Leia and the Rebellion being in the worst spot ever. There's always been consequences. Their actions have never been without consequence. Oh, frankly, when I thought about it after the movie, Tom, when Ray killed Chewbacca, that would have been the best possible ending for him. 
because she would have had to deal with the consequences of the fact that she killed one of her best friends because she couldn't control her power. How much of a good storytelling arc would yeah. that be? But yeah, but yeah. No, he's just on another ship. He's fine. You, and it goes through all the movies. 3PO. Well, 3PO to get this vital information, we're going to have to wipe your mind until we plug R2D2 and you get your mind back. No consequences <laughs> there. Right. Right. Least, right. I'm sorry. There was no, I felt nothing when she died. There was no emotion. I mean, I'm sad that Carrie Fisher's died. I loved her as a person and as an actress, but in the, this movie, she died telling her son to play nice. There was no emotion to her dying. And obviously, and even, obviously that scene where Harrison Ford comes back as Han Solo and that was, that should have been Leia, but they obviously Carrie Fisher wasn't alive to have that scene. So they had to have Harrison Ford come back and, as a memory, because obviously he's not a force ghost. That was a little uncomfortable and weird. Yeah. Star Wars also doesn't do flashback scenes. They tell you stories about what happened in the past and they leave it to your imagination. They don't spoon feed it to you like they've done for at least two of these movies. So the emperor says, kill me and I'm going to jump into your brain. And now you're going to be emperor Ray. And then she kills Empress. him and nothing happens. Empress, Empress Palpatine. Empress Ray. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm being gender neutral. So then she kills him and he doesn't jump into her body like he said he was going to. Well, because was, she didn't kill him the way he wanted. She had to strike him down with her saber. It, using the force lightning against him eradicated his being so that he couldn't inhabit her, apparently. And all of a sudden we have, well, you guys are a force dyad. Maybe give a minute of explanation for what the hell a force dyad what is. What that means, yeah. Meant nothing. And also, and this is just a minor thing, if C-3PO can't speak a banned language, why is he programmed to understand it? It makes no goddamn sense. And then they, and what you said about the Knights of Ren, and I know I'm probably talking quick, but you told me to wrap up. Yeah. Apologies to Not Nation for how fast I'm talking, but hey, I'm from New England. Go ahead. They wasted so many characters in these movies. Captain Phasma. Leah got, wa- <laughs> Leah got wasted for when she was, when Carrie Fisher was alive. Yeah. The Knights of Ren, we hear about these badass guys all through the movie, and they were basically just pin cushions for Kylo for one goddamn scene at the end of the movie. Yeah, they did they were nothing. Utterly pointless. Yeah, they did nothing. Snoke, he was pointless. Yeah. What did he do? And frankly, if you're cloning Snoke, he's not going to have the scars. <laughs> right, right. Phasma, she oh, was a, she what a, waste. a great character. Yeah. They totally screwed that one up. They wasted her. She just fell down a hole. Right. You know, basically my problem is they ignored the mythology, like I said, and they managed to want to wrap up so much shit that they forgot to tell a good story. Mm -hmm. If JJ Abrams would have given this to a middling star Wars fan, he could have fixed the script or she could have fixed the script in about two hours. Should have given it to John Favreau. Now you have, you are getting to my conclusion, my friend. (laughs) All right. Well, we need to conclude has a problem. Like I said, New Year's Eve, I sat down and I watched Infinity War and Endgame back to back. And you know what happened at the end of Endgame when, when Tony Stark died? I shed a tear. I'm not going to lie. Right. I still shed a tear. I've seen the movie half a dozen times. I still get a little choked up when Tony Stark dies. Didn't give a shit about anybody dying in these Star Wars movies. Right. They didn't give characters good character arcs. They could have killed Ray, Kylo Ren. I don't give a shit that he's dead. <laughs> don't, don't care that anybody died. I barely cared that Han Solo died. They didn't give these characters satisfying character arcs. They need to look to the other side of the studio at Marvel and realize that you need a strong, competent hand like Kevin Feige running things. Kathleen Kennedy 
is not the person to run Star Wars. No. I'm sorry. She doesn't know what the flying fuck she's doing. She's probably a fine business person and probably can run, you know, can run the, the books day to day, but she does not know a goddamn thing about storytelling. And J.J. Abrams and Ryan Adams are just as bad. This is the second time J.J. Abrams has just ruined something for the sake of telling a story that he didn't give a shit about the mythology. So, you know what? Disney has done something that what a 16 year gap between movies couldn't do. It's made me not give a fuck about star Wars anymore. Well, but the Mandalorian has renewed your faith. Some, I mean, the TV shows have been good. I can't get why the TV shows are so good. The movies are so bad. It's just, you know, given Chewbacca the metal, by the way, that was just a, that was just a hand job. Now that's utter fan service right there. Was, that, that's the um, other thing. Maz Kanata did absolutely nothing in this movie either. Like, what, what, why even have her in it? She was pointless. How about an explanation for where she got Luke's lightsaber? Right, you never got that. Yep, you yeah, never got. I that. mean, there's you can, you know the con, the the literary concept of Chekhov's gun. Mm-hmm. Don't put a gun in the first act of the movie if you're not going to use it in the third act. Right. That's what this movie was all about. Lots of guns in the first act that never got used in the third act. Right. Right. At least DJ wasn't in it. True, but Lando was, and that was nice to see. He was cool. Yeah, I liked Lando's yeah. appearance. Billy D, he actually looked younger than the last couple things I've seen him in. He, yeah. he might have whipped himself back into shape. I do. Uh, it was nice to see him back. I thought Billy D. Williams played Lando like it's 1983 all over again. Like you expected him. Because he is one him. son of a bitch, yeah. and he always will be. That's right. All right, boys. But that's my take on it. I didn't really like it. Yeah, I, I was expecting this. <laughs> I'm sure Not Nation <laughs> was, too. <laughs> Well, I thought it was fun, so I enjoyed myself, and that's so really all I was looking for. So, are we gonna are we gonna do our, our ranking, our stars? I mean, yeah, I know yours is gonna be in the negatives, but we'll do it real quick. Okay. What do you give it? Out of five stars, <laughs> Mr. Abrams, what you've just made is one of the most insanely idiotic movies I have ever seen. <laughs> At no point in your rambling, incoherent response. Or movie were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought? Everyone who saw this film and listening to this podcast is now dumber for having seen it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. <laughs> and may the force be with you. All right. Well, no. for, uh, it, you I have, have spoken. You have to admit this was better than The Last Jedi. Can you at least give us that? It's like saying a root canal is better than a colonoscopy. Ah, there's the line I've been waiting for. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Money, I know you're giving it five stars out of five stars. Yep, and Daisy Ridley is really hot. Yep. That's really all I care about. Fair enough. How about that new girl, Jana or whatever her name is, the chick who was helping Finn? I was a fan of hers. (laughs) We never saw. Well, you saw her more than Rose. Poor Rose Tico, man. She got the shaft (laughs) in this one. Good. You mean the one character who left their helmet on through the damn movie? No, no, no. That was... uh... That Carrie was Russell? Carrie Russell's yeah. uh, character, and that was a shame, not seeing her face. She was irrelevant. Yeah. Yeah. She was there as just a little love interest for Poe. You know. She's got a cool figure, though. Yep, yep. So, whatever. All right, boys. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that this trilogy's over, I won't lie. Yeah, I'm looking forward to Mandalorian and the Obi-Wan series on Disney+, and we'll see what they do for Star Wars on the TV shows. I think it'll be yeah. good. Tom, I know we got to wrap up, yep. but one thing I will say is that I saw online today that they've already announced that the next Star Wars movies 
are going to take place in the High Republic era. Have you seen this? No. Yes, they're going to have a 400-year-old Yoda. Yeah. So here's an interesting thing. The way they describe these movies, they're not going to be a trilogy. It's going to be a series of interconnected films. Oh, kind of like a cinematic universe? Yeah, right. I got you. Well, hey. Finally, they're doing the smart thing and talking to the people at Marvel who know what the fuck they're doing about making a good story. Right. Maybe there's hope for Star Wars. Maybe I'll give a shit if these new movies, somebody tells me they're somewhat decent. Maybe. All right, boys. Well, real, real quick recommendations because we got to wrap this up. Real quick, Chris. Give us like a 30-second recommendation, please. Second season of Lost in Space, Netflix. Watch it. As well as the fourth season of The Expanse on Amazon Prime. Both are truly excellent science fiction. Very realistic true to modern technology i think you'll enjoy it thanks how about you money what do you want to recommend uh the video game star wars jedi fallen order on xbox one playstation 4 and pc it's really fun awesome well i will recommend that everyone enjoy 2020 and be nice to each other that's my recommendation to you (laughs) and once again on behalf of my magical and metal co-hosts mr christopher todd See Nora from the fourth floor. I told you I had some valid complaints. And the man who brings the money, Mr. J Money. I saw it with Nora from the fourth floor, and she loved it. There you go. Yeah, I saw her in the elevator the next day, and she walks up to me and goes, how come you didn't like it? Jesus Christ, <laughs> word travels fast. <laughs> My name is Tom Van Zandt. This has been Not Another Nerdy Podcast, episode 75. That's like a monumental achievement. Until next time, and maybe D-Rock will actually be here. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. I have spoken. Hello. What's going on? How's it going? It'd be better if Derek didn't pick the most inopportune times to have sex. I knew you'd come. Told him we were recording at 8.30. Is that what that means? Yeah, having an important conversation. That's code for... Oh! (laughs) Okay. We haven't recorded in like two months. You think he could put it off for an hour so we can do this and be done? And Jay Money... Maybe get himself all horned up on the podcast and really give her a good one. Oh, God. I doubt it. I don't know. I don't care. I just know that we haven't recorded in a while and we've been planning this all weekend. So it's not like he didn't know we were going to do this. And for Not Nation out there, if you've ever wondered why we don't release more regularly. Yeah, I I have a busy schedule, but... (laughs) Even when I'm trying to record, I can't... record this, for fuck's sake. I record everything. Dude, you don't need to record everything. I do. So I'm... Dude, you're not fucking Richard goddamn Nixon. Hey, you've got a lot of nerve. I'm I'm just saying. (laughs) This is the reason, if you've ever wondered. I can't even get my co-hosts to lock in one hour a week. Like, one hour every two months, for that matter. I mean, shit. Fucking White House tapes. We haven't recorded since The Mandalorian dropped, which was like early November. November 18th was yeah. the last day we recorded. There you go. So it's been a month and a half. So it might just be me and you. Where's money? Exactly. That's my point. I thought he got out of work at four today. 
He did. But he went in for 5.30, so he said, this was at 4.40, he said, maybe I worked 5.30 to 3.30 today, so we'll see if I can stay awake. Isn't Money younger than both of us? No. Really? No. How old is he? It's not my story to tell. Oh, Jesus Christ. I'm 44. What side of that is he on? All right, so... I guess it'll be you and me if Derek decides to show up, then so be it. But it's looking like us. Okay. Hey, do either one of you want to record right now? Derek and Money are both no-shows. What are you touching on that to? Farmer Mike and Sean O'Brien. Do I know Sean O'Brien? OB? He's been I don't on, think I do. He's been on a show or two like early on. He's one of my older friends. We used okay. to work. We used to work at the movie theater together. Gotcha. We have many cinema stories. <laughs> How many times did you catch people fucking in the theater? I've never caught anybody fucking, but I have heard noises in the dark. Oh. Something that sounds like a boot stuck in mud, only wetter. <laughs> something. Something was going on. Might have been a handy or a BJ in the seat, but. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm I'm not a ball buster, so I would typically let that shit slide. I wouldn't, what do I give a shit? They paid their fucking 15 bucks to get into the movies. They can do whatever they want. Well, I mean, as long as they clean it up, because you don't really want to have to mop up jizz. They must be deleted! Yeah, nobody is apparently responding to me, which is depressing. All right, Jesus, Derek, Putting it to her good. I mean, come on. We all know he's a two-minute man. I don't know why this is taking so long. And, and, I'm, well, giving, and I'm giving him the benefit of a minute on that two-minute man description. Ooh, I like how you just slid that in there. I sent a messenger message, I guess. Message DM to money, but I haven't heard back. He's probably unconscious. He would have responded. Hey, we got money. Really? Money. Yo. Oh, awesome. What's up, motherfucker? Oh, my God. I'm, I'm so relieved. I didn't think you were going to make it. Well, I did. Good man, because Derek is uh, otherwise involved. It's the delecto. Yeah. He's it's what? He, he he's otherwise involved. What does that mean? He texted and said, <laughs> he says, I'm having an important convo with Carly Ooh. Oh, no. Exactly. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. So so we're just going to start without him, and if he finishes up and wants to join, that's fine. I think he's eavesdropping. Well, that's fine. Then he can jump in whenever he feels it's how, appropriate. How come you can see money, but I can't? Oh, I guess it says three or four in the call. Yeah, he's not in. Oh, okay. So you invited him? I did. I called All him, right. but he didn't answer because he's okay. too busy doing whatever the hell debaucherous things he's doing. Let me look if he's on Xbox Live. Oh, I'll be so pissed if he's doing something other than... Didn't he say he was doing eBay tonight? Yeah. He's on Xbox Live on TV. What a shit. What's he watching? It doesn't say what he's watching. It just or- says TV. Mm. I don't want to know what he's watching. All right, well, whatever. We're, we're going to start without him because we haven't recorded in like a month and a half, and Not Nation is already... They've waited long enough. Mm-hmm. By the way, is this episode 75? I have no clue. I think it is. I'll tell you here in a second. That's, We've had half episodes, quarter episodes. Yeah, but I'm going by whatever the last one was. I think the last one was 74. 75. 
Oh, this is a big one. It's monumental. It's almost as old as you. <laughs> That's some bullshit. Hey, Money, how old are you? I'm not going to say that on air. Told you. You're not on air. You're just. He knows I'm Tom. recording. He's not stupid. I'm not stupid. I know Tom records everything. Everything. Yeah. I'm 44. Are you younger than me? I'm not saying. You go in the. I'm not saying ever. Okay. My secret. That's fine. Do you remember seeing A New Hope in the theater? 15 times. Original release? Yes. Okay. Well, original and the re-releases. I I think I was up to 15 at one point. Wow. Okay. You remember the old Rivoli Theater in Chicopee? Mm, that was after I moved. I didn't move here till 97. Oh, uh, okay. They had a 99-cent night and every Thursday, and me and my dad would go every Thursday to see it. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Well, it's not. That, you know, that's actually that's actually really nice. I like that story. It's just, I mean, that's what figured, Star Wars is. You figured it cost them two bucks. Yeah. Hey, Tom, do you remember when there used to be the cheap movie? The, we called it the $3 theater across from Western New England. Oh, next to what used yeah. to be Maury's and it's now Patty's. Yeah, and for a while it was owned by Showcase Cinema. Yeah. And it was yeah, like, it was, always, it was, it was their second run movie. Yeah, it was their second bucks. run theater, yeah. I've saved every movie ticket I've had since I moved here. And if you look through my law school years when that place was open, I cannot tell you how many movies I saw there, including Starship Troopers, a shocking number of times. Because my buddies and I, for about a, for about two weeks, we kept getting drunk and going to watch Starship Troopers for three bucks because it's way funnier when you're drunk. <laughs> Well done.